Hi everyone and welcome back to our podcasting series, Care to Listen. In this, our fifth series, we will be exploring diversity, inclusion and identity. So let me just give you a little bit of background to these are diversity role model podcasts. These podcasts are an opportunity to get younger people and older people together to talk about their experience of what it's like to belong to groups of people who share unique characteristics. Oh, hi, everyone. Welcome. Um, We have invited Asa and Peter Long to talk about their experience of their biological sex, that of being a man, and how they use their masculinity when working within the care sector. Asa is a graduate research assistant for our assessment and therapy team within the Five Rivers Fostering family, and Pete is one of our foster carers in Essex with Quality Foster Care. Welcome. Yeah, you go first, Asa. All right, well... um... Well, I guess I've sort of the setup I think was imagining that um, as a as a younger man, because um, I'm in my early twenties, um, that my experiences might be kind of different. I guess, um, and I think that's a sort of interesting one, maybe just to start with, just thinking how important is being a man to your identity as a foster carer um, in that more kind of caring parental role. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a young man as well in my early <laughs> in my early fifties. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I suppose in a sense, I I buck the trend a bit because I'm the main foster carer for um, well at the moment one one lad, but but we've got two other slightly older lads who still live with us under stay and put arrangements. Um, and my wife goes out to work full time uh, up in London. She's a nurse. Um, and so I'm the person who, I suppose I'm traditionally, you'd use the label, the homemaker. I'm the person who mm. looks after the household and, uh, cooks the dinner and does the shopping and those kind of things The traditionally roles that you would associate with, with, uh, with women. But I mean, being the main care provider and being the point of contact, the person who the, the boys can go to when, you know, there's issues or where they're un- unhappy or, you know, just just the parenting stuff of, of everyday life. Um, yeah, I, I kind of take the lion's share of that, I suppose. Mm. I think one of the interesting things we, we should probably cover uh, quite thoroughly is sort of like how we think of combining masculinity with those kinds of caring roles and responsibilities. Because um, mm. I think you're right that everyone associates there's been that huge evolution now where um, it would be considered very outdated to think of um, the kind of domestic tasks as being divided along gendered lines. Um, mm. But still, still they, they quite often seem to be. So yeah. actively choosing to do something that, that still is not quite um, normative, to not quite have that balance. I think does it takes a kind of um, version of masculinity which is still developing and it's still kind of becoming more uh, more common, but it's we're not there yet with a kind of equal division of, of household tasks normally. I think like you're saying, your experience of that division is is quite an unusual one still. I, I mean, I, the, one of the other hats I wear is that I'm a, an Anglican priest, so I'm a vicar. Traditionally, until 25 years ago anyway, 
uh, it was a role that could only be fulfilled by men because women weren't allowed to be priests. Mm. Yeah, of course. Uh, so it's only in relative sort of recent history that that you know that that's been opened up to, to women, and and there are lots and lots of women being ordained. So um, I find myself in an odd sort of mixture of uh, of roles and um, and and things that were traditionally male preserves, but maybe with more of a feminine touch i i don't know it's very odd because because obviously we're also extremely um soaked in our cultural uh ideas of what different roles are so if, if you ask yeah. most people what a vicar does they they i think these days they would think that we go around solving mysteries in parts <laughs> the local constant that's yeah. what they Although I did once ring the police to say there were a load of cows walking around uh, in a field that they shouldn't have been in, but that's close to <laughs> I've got crime busting. Oh, heroic in its own way. Well, um, absolutely. I mean, not all he heroes wear capes. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but but it, it's an odd to, to think about masculinity and and jobs that you do or roles that you fulfil. I, yeah, it's it's an odd one. I, I I struggle with it a bit because I come to the role just as who I am. I don't really think about it. I'm doing it because I'm a man, or I'm doing it and I'm a man. I'm just doing it because I'm Pete and I'm yeah. a person. What what I mean when when it comes to I've done lots of talking. Hey, so when, when it comes <laughs> to thinking about these things and your experience of working with people in the caring profession, how how do you think sort of masculinity and uh, and that sort of thing impacts? I think I think it's definitely it's sort of. I've always found it to be a sort of version of a caring role. It's a kind of masculinity that you can sort of adapt. Um, and I think I always drew on ideas uh, when I was in a more caring role working in one of our children's homes. I sort of drew on that sense that I was um, protecting children, but, but mm -hmm. psychologically and providing safety. And mm -hmm. what I was providing was that emotional nourishment so those traditional ideas of of maybe like a, a protective and providing like male caregiver figure um but managing to integrate those with a sort of value which is much more emotional and much more uh, nourishing for children and i think i think you're able to do that i think mm. one of the things about kind of modern masculinity is that there are so many acceptable ways of being a man and i think one of the things that you're saying was really salient there, like, I don't strongly think that being a man impacts who I am, but I think being a man lets me not notice it. Um, mm. It's mm. it's not obvious yes. because it's quite easy to be lots of different kinds of man now, and that clearly hasn't always been the case. Um, mm. so I think that's really interesting. But I mean, so you, you mentioned that you're, uh, you've largely looked after young men, and how yes. has how has that kind of influence the way that you role model for the young people you've cared for um i mean i've spent i spent a big chunk of my life working with young people anyway it, i've been in foster care for seven years with my wife in, in partnership with mm. my wife um but before that I, i've been i've done lots of youth work i suppose what's what i've i've enjoyed about that over the years is the fact that i've been able to challenge and I felt it's been important to challenge preconceived ideas of what masculinity is. Mm. Like you, I don't see why those things aren't things that can't be done by anybody, irrespective of your your sex or your gender. Mm. I, I I think they're they're neutral things. I think we we associate them probably because of our history with particular, um, in, you know, ma males or females. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Actually, 
increasingly, as you've said, I think that that's a bit irrelevant. I think it, it's great to be able to try and embrace both. And I, and I probably do those things in a particular way because I'm a man um, and, and using my masculinity. But, but I don't think that's an exclusive thing uh, that, that means well, a woman couldn't do it just yeah. as well. But he would probably do it. It's like there's that, there's like an intentional step. It's like choosing to, I know, say say if you're trying to role model vulnerability towards a young man to demonstrate that it's okay to have those feelings and to express them and to, to yeah. build trusting relationships. It, it does take one more slightly conscious step to say, like, I think it's important that this young man learns those things. Yes. Because it's not necessarily by default that you would interact in that way um, and it's easy to fall into I think like you're saying those like preconceived versions of what like a, a male to male relationship might be like where it might inevitably be less about the emotional side and about the vulnerability so yes. really consciously going in thinking in a very reasonable way like I want to build a relationship that has those qualities to it and um, it does require a bit of an intentional step of of not just yes doing what might come by default and um, having kind of grown up with various versions of what being a man might look like yes absolutely i think you're you're quite right and i suppose i probably do those things just because i like um i'm the sort of person that quite likes messing around with people's preconceptions <laughs> anyway so uh so for example the one of the lads that we've got uh, who lives with us who's, who's an adult now um is in the process of um joining the army mm. Um, and I deliberately chose this, even this week actually, to, to give him a big hug and mm. tell him and look him in the eye and tell him how proud we are of him for, you know, how well he's doing in his life and the step that he's taking and pursuing that passion and that career that he wants to. Mm. Um, just to just to express even further that, that um, sense of pride and uh, paternal kind of, you know love and care um now i can do that in the sense that and i've obviously got a very long a long-standing and good relationship with with this this lad you know he's very much part of the family but i i do recognize that in some senses i did that intentionally partly to demonstrate to him that it's okay for men to express themselves in that way and with that level of of intimacy and um dropping our own guard if you like yeah, and making yeah. ourselves vulnerable so yes you're right there is, there is a there is an aspect where whereby i think as men we do need to make conscious decisions to do things that that make a point um I was, one thing i was thinking is um is, is kind of reaching for different kind of tropes or symbols of what mm. what masculine care might look like and i always found um definitely because i'm was probably only half a generation different from the young people who I was looking after and mm. um, it didn't make sense for me to try to adopt that more paternal style so I was definitely adopting what I was envisioning as a kind of older brother uh, kind of role model but but with that sense that there's a kind of um, I, don't, I don't know almost trying to be sort of like cool but responsible uh, like showing that it's possible to have that like fun be playful enjoy it I've enjoyed being a young man, um, but also making choices that are um, wise and show respect for other people and almost trying to 
to less kind of um, didactically explain what's like a good or a bad move to young people. Just just doing it, like living, modeling uh, it. Yeah, and let, letting letting young people see that there are lots of ways of being a young man. I think that's probably one one of the biggest things about the the lack of men overall working in the social care world, and um, particularly in the children's social care world, where there actually are quite limited role models who are really engaged with supporting those children to to see that there are lots of different ways of of developing a kind of masculinity which can actively be productive in the world and can yeah. be like you say caring and respectful and supportive um, and i think that's really striking I, I sort of wonder if that will change in the future um, as our sort of sense of masculinities change if there will be a, a kind of a greater attraction to men working in children's social care as well yeah i think yeah i would yeah i would certainly hope so i mean one of the things that being a foster carer gives you is both the the, the privilege of being able to model what it means to be a good man 24 7 because this mm. is happening in your own home but obviously also with that the responsibility to be honest and live warts and all of, as well a bit so that you there is a genuineness about the, mm. the the relationship that you develop with your, your children who live with you in foster care um because being a foster carer and as I guess, you know, from what you've described from your previous role as well, it, it's an odd one in that, um, you know, it's a professional role. You are there as a professional, but equally, this is happening in your home and this is happening yeah. as part of your life. So in some ways, it's it's kind of, it, I suppose it makes the pressure more because it's you're on duty all the time. Um, yeah. At least if you're working in a children's home, as you would describe, you get to go home occasionally. Uh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, after after but, the long shift. But it yeah. is, I mean, it's, it's definitely, um, I mean, it's such an important aspect. I'm mean, really of any kind of care, isn't it? That genuineness, yeah. that authenticity. Absolutely. And I think that's exactly what we've kind of tried to navigate between is there's that intentionality. There's that, how yeah. can I use my role as a man in this child's life? Um, yeah. How can I use also the the privilege that comes with that, helping a young person to understand what it might mean to be a man in our society? Mm. Um, how how from our own interpretations you can do that best and use that power that you inherently and inevitably have, mm. um, but simultaneously being yourself and being authentic and mm. um, and ideally that means being like fun and playful and I, I think the warts and all phrase is exactly right being being yourself and showing that you're a whole person um, mm. as well as as well as those aspects of your identity which are specific to being a man um, mm. is a real kind of like integration of all parts um, and loads of it is their qualities that that absolutely aren't limited by gender or sex that they're, they're mm. absolutely um, hopefully universal in in the the worlds of people who want to work with children that that playfulness yeah. that adventurousness that kind of empathy and um, you would hope that that's replicable in anyone yeah absolutely to, to what extent Asa, do you think um because it struck me when you were you were talking about the intentionality there the the analogy i was thinking was um, and this is maybe one of the things that men do struggle with a little bit. If men are, are slightly less uh, comfortable or familiar with describing what's going on inside them, I think one of the 
One of the more unnatural things that you do have to learn if you are in the caring profession is is to share some of what's going on with yeah. you. Now, now as foster carers, we keep diaries, we express our emotions, we we alert, we we are taught to share with other professionals so that we're accountable, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, what's going on inside, and to an extent, I I find myself doing that nat- more naturally now when I'm sharing with the young people that live under my roof. Mm-hmm so that in a sense they can see that this isn't as easy as it looks you know yeah. actually sharing you know i'm i'm feeling quite anxious now how you know about this conversation we're having so it would be very strange if you didn't feel anxious too mm-hmm. what well, just just not not even so that you're you're they're opening up but 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 you're kind of giving permission to go oh if pete feels anxious i just assumed he did this with his eyes closed you know like yeah yeah one and everything's going underneath but i don't see that but actually i think that sort of almost coaching people with emotional literacy to be able to Mm. verbalize things and 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 share how you're feeling is also an important part of um of of caring is is that something that's been true of your professional experience yeah i think definitely and i think i think the way that it it combines with 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 kind of ongoing experiences of providing care is also i mean it's an incredibly it's a famously rewarding sector to work in and Mm -hmm. it's also rewarding because you develop your own sense of what it might mean to be a good carer and and very clearly also what it means to be a good man and i think Mm -hmm. It's very likely that when you describe the almost the professional responsibilities, the diary keeping, the reflective supervision, um, those are fantastic platforms to help anyone who it doesn't come naturally to, to start to think with more emotional literacy, to start to use those skills in all of their relationships beyond beyond their caring relationship. Those are powerful and valuable things that, that don't come naturally to all men. Um, mm. But I think it is, is one of those strange things where it's both an intentional thing to try to do, but it is also something that I think men and male carers undoubtedly get better at with practice. Yeah. Um, and more able to identify how they're feeling in a situation and feeling like it's a more appropriate thing to share how you might be feeling in a situation, um, especially if it opens a conversation and validates. Um, and like you say, it, it licenses, like it gives permission to that young person to to say how they're feeling and how they're making sense of a situation. Mm. Um, and I think it's important that that can come from a man as well. I yes. think that's, it's, it's not just that these are universal skills and it doesn't matter who you, uses them. I think it's actively, like there is a, a, a an almost surprising quality when a man can say comfortably and sincerely, I'm anxious, I'm worried, I'm, this, this situation is making me feel X, Y, and Z. Um, yep. And it, it undoubtedly, um, thinking back to, to when I was an even younger man, it's, it's those examples where people um, who you look up to are able to express those things. Those are really powerful um, because they go beyond the sort of like, oh, you should be able to do this. And they show you how to be able to actually do it in practice mm-hmm. um, of how to have that vulnerability and that um, that self-literacy that, that's so valuable um, mm-hmm. and, and will only continue to be more valuable across any young person's life. Yeah, now uh, th- that 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 brings me on to something else I wanted to ask you about. Are there any sort of contemporary, um, maybe popular culture images that that you reach for in terms of vocabulary to sh- to to sort of express some of this stuff? Because 
I'm just very mindful that maybe, you know, 40, 50 years ago, if you'd watched the Hollywood movie, you know, the men are all chiseled jawed and, and yeah, yeah. you know, flinty and, and never express any emotion. They're just, you know, the archetypal heroic mm-hmm. uh, figures. Whereas thinking, uh, it's, it's a few years old now, but one of the Iron Man movies, I, I seem to think there was a, a thing where Tony Stark basically had a breakdown and couldn't cope mm. with the pressure and 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 needed help from a, a young lad, actually, I think it was in the movie, I was, if I recall correctly, to, to sort of reconnect with who he was and, and rediscover that. I mean, I think it's definitely, it's, it's one of those things that's just kind of spreading across all kinds of different culture. And I think you're right, like, I think superhero movies are a really good example where there definitely didn't used to be scenes where a male superhero was crying or really upset at a sad situation, a situation that anyone would cry at in reality. Yeah. But yep. what it meant to be a Superman was that you didn't cry. And yep. we've moved away from that so rapidly. But I think, I mean, I think one of the best examples is in the world of like, um, like rap music, say, where it, that used to be one of those like real bastions of a kind of really tough masculinity that didn't express emotion. Um, and then you look at now artists like Dave, who did a whole album, which is kind of set in the context of like a man in therapy sessions, talking about his feelings, talking about his emotions um, and making sense of the world around him and his experiences and where he's come from and where he's going. Um, and it's amazing. It's like, you can't imagine that happening 20 years ago. You can't imagine where culture is going to go next when mm. people are able to express themselves so freely as men and as emotional men um, and how powerful that is going to be for, for a generation of young people um, coming up and, and, and learning about being a man in the world today and what that will look like tomorrow, definitely. There's something around that idea of, of masculinity and choice that mm. we get to choose what sort of men we're going to be every day, whether yeah. we're going to be good, whether we're going to look out for the more vulnerable, whether we're going to use the power that you referred to well or mm. selfishly. Um, whether we're going to put others first and the needs of others first or whether we're going to be people who are just out for number one and that how you were yesterday doesn't define who you're going to be today the person who defines who I am isn't anyone else it's me I, I get to choose who I'm going to be now as a Christian to a certain extent that's that there's a uh, a bit of a um, a conflict there because obviously as a Christian I'm someone who looks to a, 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 an outside power, I, Jesus, God, um, to have influence over my life but again that comes back to me to that decision as to how much am I going to allow that to shape me, my, my faith and, or how much am I just going to go my own way and make my own decisions and yeah, I think we're, we're, all, yeah, well, we're, all, we're all embedded in our own ways yeah. in, into, I mean there are always forces that do impact our lives but it is that sense of um, autonomy within that and I think it's very empowering I think that's a good it's probably we'll probably need to wrap up at some point well I'm sure we can yeah. carry on all day but yeah. um, I think it is a good note to wrap up on that sense that every day you can make the decision of what kind of man you're going to be mm. um, and that's a huge it's a huge opportunity and it's a huge responsibility um, yeah. so yeah I think we're, we're both definitely thinking it's fantastic to encourage a generation of young men to start making those choices um, and making them consciously knowing that they they have that choice to make yeah, absolutely. Well, that was really nicely wrapped up. Perfect. Um, well, that was really interesting. I want to thank you very much for 
joining us. Um, and I'm sure that um, a new generation of young men will be greatly influenced and inspired by um, being guided by you and working with you. So thanks very much. <laughs> okay, Thank you're you. very welcome. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Ash. It was great to, great to talk. I'll chat to you again sometime, I hope. Yeah, you see. Yeah, no, definitely. We'll have to catch up. All right, so you've been listening to the Five Rivers Childcare Family podcast series, Care to Listen. For any more information, please contact us on participation at five-rivers.org. Thanks for listening. Original soundtrack, Proud to Be Me, written, produced and recorded by the Five Rivers Young Creators.